Virginia School District, you're listening to the Community 360 podcast. I'm Mona White, counselor with the Community 360 Counseling Center, and I'm here with my fellow counselors, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So maybe first person, uh, Nicole. Hi, everyone. My name is Nicole Collier, and I am a counselor with the Community 360 Counseling Center, as well as a counselor at Chaparral Elementary School, and I'm so happy to be here today. Next up, Kathleen. Hi, all. My name is Kathleen O'Connell, and I am one of the counselors at our Community 360 Counseling Center, as well as a Virtual Academy Elementary Program counselor. And last but not least... Marianne. Hi, everybody. I'm Marianne Paul. I am also a counselor at the Community 360 Counseling Center this year, as well as uh, Bay Laurel Elementary. And I'm really happy to be here with you all today. So over the last, wow, 13 weeks, we've been doing a podcast since January on um, the book, 13 Things Mentally Strong Parents Don't Do by Amy Morin. And each week we covered a different topic. And I, I can only speak for myself, but I'll let everybody else kind of give their opinions. I thought this book was really great. It's so easy to read. And I love how simple and concise sort of uh, how she expresses her thoughts and ideas with what parents can do. You know what? I wish that I actually had this book when I was raising my daughter, who is now 19, but some of these things would have been particularly helpful for me. I think it's a great resource. One of the things that I always say to parents who feel like they are falling short or they don't have the answers or the tools is we aren't given a guidebook on how to navigate all of the difficulties that come up and the challenges that come up in parenting. But this book is the closest thing to a guidebook that I think I have seen thus far. And it's an incredible thing to know that we have people like Amy Morin who are licensed mental health professionals who are willing to walk us through how we can navigate these with our kids, not only to increase their sense of self, but also, as she says in the conclusion of this book, work ourselves out of a job as parents, right? That's the whole goal is to make sure that our kids can start to parent themselves and coach themselves as they grow. And it's really been a phenomenal journey um, exploring this book over the past 13 weeks. I agree with everything that you all have said, and um, what I particularly enjoyed with Amy Morin's writing is that it was just very easily digestible material that was very practical and laid out in a way where it, it was just, it was easy to read. She had case studies, she had different examples. It, it wasn't um, anything that was said that that you never were you, you never felt like you were doing something wrong. She was giving you very practical advice of how to move forward, and it was gentle and practical and just really easy to digest. So I I, I concur um, with everybody 
but Nicole, I would have loved to have had this. <laughs> um, and, you know, as I was raising my son, who is now an adult, um, and as you said, Kathleen, it's, we don't get a guidebook. We don't get any kind of instructions. <laughs> and this is probably one of the closest that I've seen um, that, that parents can really use. It's very practical. So something that popped up and, you know, we just had Mother's Day a couple of weeks ago, which is funny because something in this book kind of triggered me to call my mom and to say to my mom, mom, you're amazing because in my family, there's three of us. I'm the oldest in case you hadn't figured that out. No, just kidding. And um, in the book, Amy talks a lot about kids need consistent authority figures and having routine and rules and having the rules clear cut and all that stuff. And my mom totally did that. She was really like a straight shooter. And as a kid, I was like, oh, God, you know, why does she make us do everything? And now I'm, I'm, I just really in reading this book, I thought, wow, you know, not only did my mom really do all of those things, but it helped me to be able to do some of the things. And I did learn a thing or two from this this book as well. So wondering your you guys' thoughts about that. Gosh, well, I think back to being um, in my formative years and thinking about how as kids sometimes we push back against uh, the rules and the structure that's set in place for us by our parents. But as you grow, you begin to realize that those are so necessary and those rules and those boundaries and that structure that is provided and also the allowance to feel uncomfortable, which is really a huge theme throughout this book, is so necessary for us to be able to develop resilience and to develop a positive mindset and to be able to have empathy and compassion for ourselves and to problem solve. And I have not yet become a parent myself, but I do have so much gratitude and just a heightened level of awareness of how challenging it is um, for parents and for my own parents or whoever in our lives were those, you know, authority figures, whether it was grandparents or aunts and uncles or other caregivers. Um, what a hard job and what an amazing um, thing to have people, again, like Amy, who are here to help us with those, those challenges that can be so um, complex and overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, I think sometimes it, you know, as a kid, you can just look at your parents and think, why are they making me do this, right? You get annoyed with them. You don't like the rules. Then you become an adult. And then you might have kids of your own. And then all of a sudden you have such a new appreciation for everything that they did and sacrificed and how hard of a job it is being a parent. And were they perfect? No, right? And so hopefully we, you know, each generation does a little bit better. But when I was reading this book, you know, one of the things that I noticed that I really did with my daughter that I wish, you know, gosh, I wish I had this book, but I would always try to um, rescue her from feeling pain. I never wanted her to hurt or to feel bad or go through, you know, life's pains. And, and I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from this book is for me anyway, is letting your child fail and being a support for them 
you know, but teaching them how to pick themselves up um, when they when they suffer, you know, failure, and that failure is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I don't know. That was one of my favorite parts of the book. I think that that goes so beautifully in line also with modeling that for our kids. Like I might try something out as an adult that's new for me that I don't know if I'm going to succeed at right away and letting them know, like, I feel nervous about this, right? This is kind of a big new thing for me and I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right. And allowing kids to see our discomfort and know that discomfort is a part of the process. And then, and I can't imagine, of course, as a parent yet, but, um, just working with littles and I, I nannied littles for a long time. It's that you want to go pick them up right when they fall instead of just letting themselves dust themselves off. Right. And kind of get through that moment or you want to help them tie their shoes and when they're struggling and crying because they're so frustrated. Right. But we have to allow, allow those moments. So a lot of it is about us becoming comfortable with our own discomfort, whether it's discomfort in our own lives or watching them be dis- uncomfortable. Um, and that's hard to do. You know, I was thinking, Mona, um, of what you said also about thanking your mom. And, you know, I grew up, full disclosure, (laughs) during a time where I didn't have a lot of rules. You know, I could go outside and play and just be with my friends and come back when the streetlights came on and, you know... Like they said, I drank out of the hose when I was thirsty and, you know, I, but I was allowed to make my own choices and thankfully I made some good choices <laughs> along the way and they were always there. I knew my parents were there as a support and then becoming a parent, I too wanted to sort of guard my child and, and make sure that I don't know, maybe kind of guide him to make the choices that I felt were the right choices where, um, but I still had that parenting component that my, that I grew up with where now this is what Amy Morin, I believe does in her book. And, um, this is that practical part. I think we need to allow our children to have the opportunities for growth to make their own decisions. And I think when she is, when Amy Morin is telling us what not to do to be mentally strong parents, that's where we can cultivate that scene for our kids to make their own decisions and have those opportunities for growth. Um, That as, you know, what we were calling helicopter parenting would prevent We don't want to prevent that for our kids. When I think of helicopter parenting, sometimes I think of that noise that you hear when a helicopter is close by or lands close by, if you've ever been in that situation. And it's just so loud. It takes up all of the space in your brain. And I think as parents and as caregivers, oftentimes we want to protect our kids and we fill their brains with our opinions and our expectations and our ideas and our solutions. And one of the easiest things that Amy says in this book to do is just to ask our kids what they think they should do instead of giving our opinion first. 
And that allows them to take ownership over their own life and also allows them to expand their awareness of different solutions for different problems, right? Like how, well, what would you say to a friend if they were in this situation, right? Or what do you think you should do? Yeah, what are some ideas, right? That, just that in itself. And I think when I've had those experiences as a kid, it's made me feel empowered and it's also made me find clarity in listening to my own voice, right? And trusting that as well. And it's one of my favorite things that, that Amy talks about in this book, because I think it's something that we can do every day for our kids that's small, but makes a huge difference in the long run. I love that, Kathleen, because um, I think it's so important to, you know, as kids, we tend to look for our parents for all the answers. And so really turning it back on the kids and saying, well, what do you think you should do? It gives them that sense of empowerment and then which in turn builds self-esteem. And then as they grow into adults, they feel like, you know what, this is a hard decision, but I, got, I can figure this out. I can do this on my own. Whereas it, as if we keep telling them what to do or what they should do and not letting them figure it out on their own, they're going to go out into the world as adults and be like, I don't know how to make decisions. I don't, I don't know. You know, I need someone to make them for me. So I really like that. What you said about that. Oh, go ahead, Marianne. I was just going to say, you know, truly listening to our children, I think is it, it's one of the biggest ingredients or gift that we can give them because we could, we could maybe have some fear-based thinking at, that we sort of project onto our children and then want to protect them. And we could be infusing this fear-based thinking into their thought process when, when really, if we just allow them to make some of their own decisions and to let them know that we're really listening the listening component, I think, is key. We need to listen to our children because they do have some great ideas. And um, when they know they're being heard, I believe that's when they're going to really grow. What I was going to share is uh, a true, because we read about helicopter parent stories and, okay. And I actually was told a true story um, just yesterday. Um, and this is from, um, my kids are all grown, so all adults, but it was regarding a person who had graduated from an Ivy League school and then another fancy school and then got a fancy job, but they could not um, think independently and needed too much direction. And so what it's important for us to know that we have to force our kids. We have to force them to think for themselves because doing just the schoolwork, the academic piece of it is only part of being in the real world and being able to um, advocate for yourself and, and, and have some sense of um, independence in, in as far as thinking. And so I thought that that was so interesting because that's a lot of what this book was about is teaching your kids how to be independent. So um, true story. I'm wondering, you know, as we wrap up this book, is there, if you could summarize maybe in a line or two, your biggest takeaway from this book, what might that be? 
because there's so much wonderful information in this book and so many different topics that we've explored. Maybe what chapter stood out to you most or what sentiment is still lingering after we have closed all of these podcasts? I can go first. Uh, So I think that we have been living through a pandemic, which is really crazy. And the one piece in this book was about life is tough and you are tough. And so really um, letting our kids know that they're tough. We can show empathy. We can listen to our kids. I know this is really hard. And I know Kathleen will be able to bounce off this, but you can do hard things. And really letting our kids know that they that they can do it, that we're there to support them. And, um, and there will be bumps in the road, but that they can do it. I love that line. You can do hard things. That is from Glennon Doyle, who is a wonderful um, author and speaker. Um, and I think that that really rings true with my takeaway, Mona, which from this book is about being supportive of your child's process and not being so caught up on the product, right? Not being so caught up on not wanting them to be hurt or not wanting them to be afraid or not wanting them to A, B, C, or D, but be there through, like you said, Mona, the road bumps. Know that they're there, they're going to happen, and they're important, right? Sometimes the road bumps are even more important for our development and our progress than the smooth straightaways, right? So just being that person and, again, naming your emotions, modeling that, and being there and just reflecting back to your kid, not being a, um, the saver, right? They're feeling frustrated. I hear you're feeling frustrated right now. That's really hard. Right? You don't have to do anything more than that. Just be with them in that space and let them fall down and support them as they rise, rise back up. Again, it's being comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think it's my biggest, if I had to put it into one sentence, that's my biggest takeaway. I totally agree, Kathleen. And, and I was going to say it in, in sort of a different way that, you know, life begins at the end of our comfort zone. That is something that I've shared um, with students in my counseling. And, you know, there's growth in discomfort. And so you can say it that, you know, when you're feeling uncomfortable, there's you're probably in the growth zone. So there's not a lot of comfort in that growth zone. But if you can wrap your mind around the fact that mm, this is probably a good place for me to be. And then remember that there's there's not a lot of growth in the comfort zone. So you can say it either way. Um, but that was my biggest takeaway from this book is that we all need to be allowed to be uncomfortable in order to grow. And, you know, I think, um, my biggest takeaway, sorry, I was on mute. I was trying to unmute myself. Um, my biggest takeaway is, um, not shielding your children from pain, 
obviously we don't want to inflict pain on our kids, right? But not not shielding them from the pain because what happens when we shield them from it is that basically we're telling them you can't handle discomfort. You don't know how to cope with discomfort and pain. And, and what we really want to do is be there with them through the process and let them process their pain, let them talk to us, sit and listen, um, and, and be with them through it, but not protecting them from it. Um, so that was definitely my biggest takeaway. Any other closing thoughts, guys, before we, we say goodbye? All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to us. We love you all and we um, hope you have a relaxing summer. We're, uh, we're going to be taking a little break from podcasting, but um, take care. And by the way, this book and some other great books are available online. So um, if you get bored this summer and you want to do some listening or reading, I hope you um, I hope that you are able to do that. So take care and goodbye. Bye. Bye.